I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. What's going on, sickos? Uh, How are y'all doing today? Jeremy Saunders here of the Sick Boy Podcast of the Entertainment One Podcast Network. A little news for you. The uh, Antica Podcast Network has... Uh, rebranded, transitioned. It is now the Entertainment One podcast network under E1. Uh, and we're really excited to be a part of that. But the reason I am on here before we throw it to this week's episode is I wanted to let you all know that the TEDx Toronto talk that I did uh, back in October is finally up on YouTube. Uh, they, they just dropped it online and we are so, so, so excited that the world has an opportunity to, to check out this talk. Um, I am beyond proud to have, uh, been a part of such a, um, you know, just incredible, incredible day full of, um, um, in, in insanely inspirational and, and thought provoking speakers, Uh, So if you would do us a huge favor, uh, it would be this. Go to Google. Easiest way to find it is just put in TEDx Toronto Jeremy or TEDx Toronto Jeremy Saunders, Jeremy with an IE. And the video should be there. It should be like the third or fourth link down. A, watch it for sure. Take some time today. Watch it. Maybe it'll change your life. Maybe it won't. Uh, But B, more importantly than that, is share it. Uh, Share it to your Facebook. Share it on Twitter. Share it on Instagram. And if you are really keen on helping us out, email it to five people. Email the link to five other people and just tell them to check it out. We really want this message to spread. Um, The talk itself deals with a lot of the issues that we we speak to here on the podcast. And so, uh, yeah, it would it would mean the frickin world to us if you could go on over to Google and just type in TEDx Toronto. uh, Jeremy, click that video, watch it, share it. And we'd love you for it. Hope you enjoy this week's episode. Uh, Victor was a friggin' amazing guest. Uh, the blind biohacker, really cool dude, up to some really cool stuff. Uh, and without further ado, on with the show. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Victor. He's legally blind. Let's talk about it. Yeah, a trailer for it was a teaser for um, a film that uh, Victor. What what it, it, what was your role in that film? Did you did you like writer, director, producer? I didn't. Uh, I didn't produce it. I I wrote it with uh, my producers. Okay. Um, it was just basically my idea. I approached the network and said, "Hey, I've been on this journey to." understand my vision condition plus a whole bunch of other things that have been going on with me like mental health issues Mm -hmm. 
and uh, learning disabilities, attention deficit disorder, and you know, read a lot of books and met a lot of people along the way. And you know, I felt this is a you know, it's a hot topic right now, and people are looking for some answers and help beyond doctors. And yeah. So we just watched the trailer. It's called uh, My Neuroplastic Adventure, uh, which people can check out on Vimeo. Uh, basically, just go to Vimeo and literally look up My Neuroplastic Adventure. Um, but it, so there was, a, there was a moment in that video there where you are laying on... So you're, you're legally blind. Yes. Um, how, how, what, what does that even mean, legally blind? Like, what's the difference between... It's like a certain amount, I think. Yeah, it is, it, is it over, like, a certain percentage of, of blindness that makes legally blind? Well, to explain, I have a condition called retinitis pigmentosa. Can you say that one more time? <laughs> yeah, say that one more <laughs> retinitis time. Retinitis pigmentosa. You know, it's a bit of a Good for you, bro. Retinitis pigmentosa? Yes. Okay. Retinitis pigmentosa. Okay. RP for short. Oh, okay. That's easy. RP. Okay. Sweet. Okay. Let's RP. keep RP. Perfect. I like that. <laughs> Role playing. Uh, what, is, what is RP? What does that mean? Basically, it means uh, for for me th this condition it's a it's a quote unquote genetic condition. Mm -hmm. So I was I first found out about it when I was about nine or so from Sickett's Hospital mm -hmm. because I was having a lot of trouble seeing at night. I was telling my mom like you know like why is it so difficult for me to function and see at night? And she's like it's dark like what are you supposed to see? It's you know there's not much light. Right. But people are, you know, <laughs> like, no, kids. it's more than that. But, yeah, but like you were noticing that, like, someone, the people that you're hanging out with can, like, run around and play cops and robbers 100%, 100%. at night. And you're like, dudes, I can't fucking, like, I can't find any robbers. And I definitely <laughs> can't be a robber if I can't see shit. Like, you're just running into bushes and, like, tripping over rocks and shit. That's exactly what happened. You know, <laughs> I didn't understand how these kids were running around so fancy free and right. playing around, like, what the heck's going on? Like, what, am, I, am I missing something? Because mm -hmm. we we do have night vision, right? Like, that's something that we that we have. In, like, it, when you when you it's it actually is kind of crazy to think it's about. It's like a camera. This. Your pupils dilate, yeah. they open up, and then they let in more light. Like last night, or mine it's do. The cones, it's the cones and rods that are actually. Or, or wait, it's the. I always mix this up. It's either the rods or the cones that are responsible for the light receptors. Right. So my my cones or rods. I always mix this Whichever up. Whichever one it is. Are, basically deteriorating from the outside in. Okay. So right. I, have, I have night vision issues and I have tunnel vision. Right. So oh, okay. my, I have my central vision, which basically if, if I didn't tell you that I was legally blind or I didn't have my cane, you wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't know. Right. Like, yeah. I have no idea because I'm making eye contact with you. Yeah. And, but basically if I'm looking at you in, in the eyes right now, I can't see your mouth. So now I stare at your mouth and now we can't see your eyes. So it's Whoa. like it's super okay. It's, like, it's for, just intensely people, directional. For people listening, Victor, you are sitting, I would say, three feet away from me, like three and a half feet away from me, and that. So really, to like super tunnel vision. Oh yeah. Wow. Okay. It's interesting because That's like I, I went downstairs to meet Victor, and he he had a, a cane with him. Uh, is that what it's called? Or seeing eye stick. Is it, does it matter? The other one What's sounds cooler? Good. Seeing, seeing high <laughs> stick sounds a, a lot cooler. Okay, <laughs> sweet. Is, but is, <laughs> is that a thing? It's a white cane. It's called a white cane. A white cane. A white okay. cane. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> you, had, you had the white cane. And, and I'm thinking like, okay, you walked here. You navigated your way through the city. So you must be able to 
see to a certain extent, but like obviously you're using that to check for things that are on the ground in front of you. Mm. So now knowing how specific it is, it makes, makes a lot of sense. It makes so much more sense. Yeah. Like, oh, you can see, but it's just hardcore tunnel vision. Yeah. And what's the clarity of of your of that, vision. Of, of that vision of what you of what you were looking directly at? Is that is that you know as clear as what as I'm well, seeing or? I actually used to wear glasses for <clears throat> distance vision, but when I was 31, 32, I started to get cataracts. So, which what is are a, cataracts? I've heard so. I've, I know that they they affect your vision, yeah. and I know that in like third world countries, especially, they they basically make people. So go basically, blind. cataracts are a are a protein that gets built up built up on your lens okay. of the eye. So sounds tasty. It's a <laughs> it's a it's a fog that you can't wipe off. Yeah, on, right. the, on the lens of your eye. Isn't that like like uh, when people have really oh. bad cataracts, their eyes get like that milky kind of... Uh, I didn't have that, but there's right. there's different kinds of cataracts. Some cataracts actually built on the inside of the lens and some are on the outside of the lens. Anyway, I had surgery and replaced both lenses. And uh, so, crazy. So, they, so now I can see distance vision. Right. right. But I lost my ability to, to see up close. Okay. Right. I need to wear... You were glasses. glasses. So you like, so you kind of like swapped it Pretty out. Pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. were like, we can let you see over to the other side of this room, but you're going to have a hard time reading the newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, damn it. So to come back to the, the trailer that we just watched mm-hmm. um, of the film, uh, there's this moment in the trailer where you're laying on, well, there's actually a couple moments where you're like, you're just, you're surrounded by like science, like medical tech. Um, but in particular, there's one scene where you're laying on the, on a bed and they have this sort of, um, this like visor plate thing that's dangling from a, a, a sort of boom. And it's, it's, is it contour? It's red. That's red that's LED right. lights. So, so those, so those lights were like just blasting into your face. Mm-hmm. What was, what was that? What was that? And what's that I'm all actually about? On, you can't see it, but I'm on a Sequix, Sequix machine, which I'm laying on. So that's a pulsed electromagnetic field to improve, um, improve my mitochondrial function. And, uh, I actually had a live blood analysis so a lot of us nowadays are overexposed with uh, electromagnetic frequencies, non-native electromagnetic frequencies from your cell phone, cell towers, smart meters, Wi-Fi. Sure. And that has a damaging effect to your blood and to your mitochondria. Holy shit. This, is, this sounds this, like a this is fucking sci-fi movie. This sounds... This sounds so this I, sounds like lore that I like. I can barely keep up with. Like in in a real like you know when you watch Blade like the new Blade Runner. I don't know if you if do you watch can you watch movies? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah of course. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking dumb thing to ask. Can you watch movies? Can you watch movies? He can made a movie. Yeah. He can look you right in the eye, but he yeah. can't watch a movie. Yeah. <laughs> so I went to go see the new Blade Runner, and like the what I fucking love about that movie, it's one of the best sci-fi movies I've seen since her. Like like oh. a futuristic world that is so, so well believable done. and so yeah. well done and so like fleshed out. And you're talking <laughs> about this like 
what did you call it? A specter machine that you were laying C-quicks. on? Sequix. Sequix machine. Yeah, that's way off there. Ju- that, yeah, I know. <laughs> judging your mitochondria, like it's taking in your mitochondria and like, but they, it's just all, I have no idea what any of that means. I, and I'm just going, dude, this sounds dude, yeah, cool. Yeah. But, but t- I think the scary thing is, is not about, it has nothing to do with the machine that you're lying on. It's, it's the fact that you're talking about how it's measuring electro, the electromagnetic field. And you're talking about how us as humans in today's world, we're exposed to these electric electromagnetic we're currents right now. Well, why don't you, why don't you, why don't you go into like how that is? It, you know, as much as you can, how that is affecting you and what those electromagnetic fields are doing, because I feel like there's a lot of people out there that hear Who that, call bullshit. that hear that and they go, yeah. Oh, that's hocus pocus yeah, or right. whatever. Like, because, because they've, because I, I've never, it's never been really explained to me. And I've heard it. You but can't I've never, see it. I've like, never been, exp- it's yeah. never really been fleshed well, just out Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. That's exactly. Right. Totally. And I agree. So if you can, like, what so can you say? What's How the science behind it? it? Yeah. What's the science behind it? Well, I was actually at uh, Professor Magda Havis's That sounds lab. like a fake professor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Who is this fake professor? Yeah. She's out of uh, Trent University in Peterborough, and she's uh, Canada's like leading expert on the, on the harm. Electromagnetic fre- frequencies aren't necessarily bad or good. It just depends on the frequency. Right, sure. So okay. our heart, our brain emit EMF. Mm-hmm. But if it's non-native, it has a... And if it's not resonant with us, it actually has a detri- detrimental effect on on your cognition, on your mitochondria. So you're talking about this, this is this is affecting us in some way at a cellular level, yes. Yes. and that's having that's and then that's having some kind of downstream effect on the way that our whole body runs or our brain functions. It depends uh, because if some people <coughs> who have a a better body battery charge. This is, I'm, what, mm-hmm, whatever I'm mm-hmm. talking about here is just like quantum biology, biophysics. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of the area that I'm getting into. So I don't know if if this sounds a bit woo woo, but right, sure. no yeah. man, I, bring, bring on the woo woo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, bring it on. It's it's totally legit, and there's a lot yeah. of, and you can understand why people might not want you to know about its harm because. You know, the communications industry is, is right. huge right now. So. Like climate, it's similar to climate change. It's like it's just easier to to go no and keep keep on keeping or, on. With or all similar the to these. nutrition. Yeah, you know, it's like we we've been told for the majority of our lives that like fats are bad for you. When really it's like that's total bullshit. Or well, like it's a blanket statement where nuance is is needed. It big time, big well, time. Well, it's like it's it's really we're talking about like the implication of like the 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 dairy farmer industry on on like the food groups or like the oil and gas industry yeah. on mm-hmm. on uh, renewable, on energy. renewable energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's interests at play. Yeah. So if all is, yeah. so, whatever is whatever whatever the whatever the science behind it is, there's obviously somebody who's interest is to is to bat that but i think the other thing we're talking about too is is the fact like if you went into a a real rural southern american small town where there's specifically birmingham alabama specifically (laughs) so uh no but but if you go into a a place where there's a a lack of education and you start talking about uh molecular biology they just go oh that's all hocus pocus we don't we don't believe it because they can't comprehend 
they can't comprehend. Right, hundred percent of the people there can't yeah, Brian. Uh, comprehend. Yeah, Brian. <laughs> yeah, specifically <laughs> everybody <that>. in Birmingham, <laughs> Alabama. No, but I was just I'm, I'm using I'm making an analogy of a small town with a lack of education, right? And and it's the same way that the flat earthers they they just don't understand. They all they, live in Illinois. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. Okay, maybe I should have um, made a geographical <laughs> reference, yeah, but I'm, I'm saying. That it's a lack of education. So let's take it back, Victor. You were saying that er earlier on in your life, when you were a child, you started to realize that your your ability, your night vision was pretty pretty shit. Mm -hmm. Um, At what point from from then, when you were saying like, "Hey, Ma, like, how come I can't see at night?" To how long did it take for for you for, from that moment to to later in your life to figure out like, oh, my eyes are actually like not doing too well. Well, basically, when I was sixteen, I got my driver's license and I drove problem free for for six years. Oh wow! So when okay. I went into a routine eye doctor appointment, I did this uh, visual fields test, <clears throat> which basically you sit in this concave little dome and you have a little joystick in your hand and your your eyes have to be fixed on this one point and they show all these little like lights flashing and you can't move your eyes around mm-hmm. you got to hold them still and you got to click this button every time you see these flashing lights so then by the end of the test you it shows you what your visual field looks like right mm. like how wide it is yes i'd love so, to do that right now so like, so to kind of so come curious. back to it with your question was yeah this machine ends up spitting out this report and these numbers that I had don't match these legal numbers for me to drive. So I'm legally oh, blind. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So, so I lost my license when I was 21. Wow. And uh, I was not what happy. Drove I was you, not happy. What drove you to go do that test? Pun intended. It was a, it was a, routine, it was a routine eye test. But just something you just so had. You just had it, it was known up. that yeah. I had this condition, yeah. but uh, they wanted to just see how things were. And were you surprised? I drove to the appointment. Well, I right. was going to say, right. I don't think your question was what drove you to do the test. I think it, it's who drove you home after it. It's <laughs> yeah, a real yeah, question. Right. I, I, did I did you lose your license like right there? Like, how did that work? No, they were they like, gotta, fuck, you can't the drive The doctor home, ends up uh, putting it through the, the whatever, the, the uh, DMV. Yeah, 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 DMV, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, months, months later, you know, I wasn't allowed to drive. But I... That moment when he told me that, I, I like, I lost it. Like, like, so when he told you that, were you, were you obviously, yeah, you're upset. Like you can't drive that fucking sucks. But when he told you it, look, you're tech you're legally blind. Were you like, dude, I can see fine. Like, you know what I mean? Like you, like, were you surprised that the, the, the amount of vision that you have technically doesn't allow you to drive? I've. I fought hard to keep my license yeah. because I was like, what's the problem? I'm fine. I've, I've driven for six years, problem free. I actually moved to Alberta to get my Alberta driver's license. Then I moved to, to Malta. My family's from Malta. Cool. And I, I went to get my license there to be like, I can, I can drive. I can mm-hmm. still fucking drive. Yeah. And so I was fighting for my independence. Yeah, because right. were you like, were, were, was this a... Like how progressive was this? Like, was it something that you were going, oh, I've, I've, I've been seeing like this, you know, most of my life. So this isn't really a change for me or was it, or was there like a progressive noticeable thing where you were going, my vision's getting worse and worse. It's like watching yourself grow older. You almost don't even, you don't even notice it really. It's such a slow process. Yeah. So that was 
the challenging part because I thought I was fine. And the other thing with RP is there's good eye days and there's bad eye days too. Right. So, and night. Night is bad. Night is the worst for me. So. So does your tunnel, does it, does your range of vision, like, does it, does it fluctuate from day to day? Can you see wider on some days and so narrow on I, others? I, I bought this high tech device to give people a bit of an example of how, how I see. <laughs> it's two this toilet is, paper this rolls. Is, two toilet paper rolls. This like is, this a, is during the day. Together. And this is actually uh, the. Uh, I want to try to put this out, but it says, "What is red night is pigmentosa?" And it's a pair of glasses with these two two little holes. Oh whoa! So this is, you uh, you do that. I'm gonna take a little video. This of is you doing uh, it. this is pretty, sort of how I see at night, and this is kind of like during the day. So Taylor, uh, explain to everyone listening at home what is happening right now. Um, so Brian has uh, two, there are two toilet paper rolls. Day vision. This is day vision. Uh, and there, so this it's, is it's, day vision. You're look, Brian, you're looking around. This is what it's like for Victor to see during the day. It's like a DIY test of tunnel vision. Or, or but the, but the thing is, you see how he's moving vision. his neck to see? Right. And yeah. his, whole, his whole head. Right. But... I just move my eyes, so it's technically not exactly like that. Yeah, right. Okay. So right, but but same the vi- the what I, the scope of vision. what I'm seeing is still the same. Yeah, pretty much the broadness of your vision. I mean, it's not accurate. I mean, sure. it's just a and so, freaking toilet paper. And tube, so now Brian's basically putting on like if you looked, he's putting on this this little this they're like glasses with no <laughs> with no lenses. It's basically like a blind. It's basically like a blindfold. But if you looked at them, you'd think that he's just staring into cardboard that's over his eyes. But really, there's like t- two extreme, like t- pinholes, basically. Like so there's, they're almost. So this is what it's like for you to look to see at night, pretty much. Now yeah. I do want to say that I I can see there surprisingly is a, there are holes there, surprisingly Brian? better than, oh, yeah, than what I would have imagined. <laughs> from surprisingly the, better. No, su- surprisingly <laughs> better than uh, than These what I would have guessed. Surprisingly comfortable. Looking at the size of the pinholes in this before I put them on. Yeah. However, like I can I can almost can I try not see at all. <laughs> Oop, what's what's really funny, Victor, is when you said uh, when you were like. Um, when you're like, hey, it's much different. Like in real life, it's actually, it's not anything like this. Uh, yesterday, I gave a, a TED talk at TEDx Toronto. Yeah. And I did this breathing wow. exercise with the audience where I'm like, I'm like, breathe in 100% and breathe out 100%. And then I'm like, all right, now breathe in 50% and then breathe out 100%. And now breathe in 30% and breathe out 100%. And now breathe in 20%. And I'm relating that to like my decrease in lung function. Right. And afterwards, my sister comes up to me and she was like, that was really intense. Like, is that... Is that what it's like for you to breathe? And I was like, yeah. no, no, it's, it's not anywhere near the reality of what it actually feels like. It was just meant to make you feel a bit of panic for a second that, right. you know, how important your breath is. Right. Um, Yo, but wow. th- this is like, I'm actually, I'm actually quite surprised at how much I can see. So Taylor right now is wearing the night vision goggles, which I is think, again, basically I just think that's exactly what I said. I know. I, and I, you know, I <laughs> didn't, did. I had to, I had to really try it to believe it. But at the same time, it's incredible how little I can see. I was, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say like, ye, it definitely isn't as much as you could see if you had your eyes fully no, I, out. I think you're missing the that. point. You can't, you can't understand it until you try them on because it looks it's, like, it, it's it looks perfect. like you wouldn't be able to see it all. But it's a, no, right. exactly. Exactly. But it's a perfect example of what you, of what you started with when you said, I can see your, I can see your eyes, but like, I can't really see your mouth. You know, like I can't see, you know, I'm looking right at this you. This is and literally I can't, I can't the worst. The this is the worst thing for a podcast. Yeah, we'll, no, we'll, just, we'll cut this whole section out. We'll cut this whole section out. I want to try it now, though. 
Oh yeah, I can see perfect. <laughs> yeah, this is great. <laughs> yeah, man. No, I'm good. I can drive. <laughs> dude, dude, but you know what I mean? Yeah, you I know see, you're saying. Like, you can, you can see, see a you little can bit. See perfectly, straightforward, perfectly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. A and little less than perfectly straightforward. And that's yeah. I see perfectly straightforward. Yeah, you know, yeah exactly. But everything that's right. out of my uh, visual fields is, you know, is gone. So and once once you got to that point, and you know, you you equated it to like when you grow old, you don't really notice it, right? Like. It's funny. Someone, someone at TEDx Toronto yesterday had the same thing. And she was talking about, um, she was talking about, um, climate change and mm-hmm. she was going, we, we don't see it happening because it's like the same way that you don't notice wrinkles forming yeah, on your face weight gain or, or weight gain. It's yeah. like, you just, it just one day it's fucking there. And you're like, what, how did this happen? Yeah. Was there, was there a time where you, you had that sort of moment where you went, holy fuck, I can't see very well. Yeah, there's, there's been a few where, you know, where numerous things, like just walking down the street where I've clipped, a, you know, little kids. Right. Parents yeah, walk right. with their kids, dogs. Fire hydrants, anything uh, out of your like, oh, out of yeah, your, yeah, yeah, out of that tunnel vision, you know. And to to apologize to to a <sighs> mother, I'm like, yeah. sorry, I kicked over your kid. I didn't see them. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's there's been so many instances. Like, where the fuck did that come from? Like, yeah, where right. did it come from? You know. So, is there any moment like that that sticks out to you? That is the, um, like, have you ever had those moments where there, there's this there's this one moment that I have, and and this isn't. This is, this is kind of a bad example, but it was a moment where I felt really, I felt really shitty about what I'm going through with CF. I got off the subway and I cough a lot. It's, I just fucking cough all the time. And I cough and I I usually cover my mouth when I cough. I don't know if I did or not this, this one particular time, but I'm generally, I do, especially when there's people around. So I, I must've coughed. And there was this, there was this, uh, older lady didn't speak English. Uh, but she just came up to me and started coughing at me wow. with like a really angry wow. face, a really angry look. I got off the subway at, at Young and Dundas and she just kept coughing at me and coughing at me, clearly stating like, hey, hey, fuckhead who just coughed near me. I'm going to I'm going to get you back. And I, I didn't know what to do. Like it totally threw me off. I was so, wow. I was completely disarmed and like shocked. And I'm looking around like at other people being like, what is this crazy fucker doing? And so I just started yelling at her and like, like yelling with like spit coming out of my mouth. And I fucking grabbed her and like kind of shook her a bit. Wow. <laughs> her Dude, I got real aggressive, <laughs> but then, and then, you know, she went off, she went off. She was like, you know, swore at me in, in Chinese and, and like, like scurried off. And I was like, man, what the fuck was that? You know, and, you know then, Chinese swears? Uh, I, I do. I do know a couple. Uh, and so, and, no, it absolutely wasn't. I do know quite a few Korean swear words, uh, but it, anyway, it doesn't matter. She swore at me in her native tongue, <laughs> ran, ran away, and, and I couldn't help but feel, I don't, I don't know what the word is, like I, maybe ashamed or like I was severely embarrassed, but it, it's a moment that it is a very specific moment that will forever stick with me. I'll never forget it. Right. Did you ever have any of those moments? Right, because what always ended up happening is, is there's no, there's no visual cue that you have CF. Right. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, it's totally. A, a, and a, the reason why you're coughing is because of that. Mm-hmm. So she, she just thought you were being this, you know, 
loser who's like, yeah, yeah. So that struck a nerve with you because Mm -hmm. she has no idea that your invisible disability, like that, that's the reason. So it brought up all that emotion Mm -hmm. behind it, which is why you got so angry because she, she had no idea. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, there's been times where I'm on the subway and I don't have my cane and I just, I bump somebody's like, watch where the fuck you're going. What are you fucking blind? You're and like, I go and in my like, bag I am. and I go, I pull on my cane. They're like, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm right. Like, like, you're like, yeah, the, why don't you just give somebody the benefit like nobody, of the doubt? Everyone is in such a rush. Nobody has patience. Nobody has Ooh. any uh, sympathy or empathy for what could be going on Ooh. inside a person. Which is always so, such a great reminder. Like you just, you never know what someone's going through. You never know what someone's dealing with to, to always just like assume, you know, like when I hear people caught like with a real gnarly cough, I catch myself going like, whoa, that person must smoke a fuckload. But then I'll go, oh, but wait, I have CF. They also <laughs> could just be dealing with what I'm dealing with. So I don't fucking know, you know, like who? Yeah. Like, um, Victor, you said, you said earlier, like when that moment when your license was actually taken away from you, that it was, you were, you were, a me- I think you said you were a mess. Um, well, like, what do you, what do you mean by that? What, what type of emotions? I had a nervous breakdown pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And, when and I drove home, I, I had, you know, I don't know what, what I thought was having a nervous breakdown, you yeah. know, where it just, you know, my life changed that day. Is it, know? is it from like, is it from them? Is it from using the word blind or is it from, or is it from the freedom that's being taken away from you? It like, was you mainly know? because of this loss of independence. Like right. I could do whatever. Yeah. You a know? car is a big, a car is a huge asset for freedom. I mean, yeah, I mean, know, I drove to my you. job. I, yeah. you know, I had my own car and then, uh, you know, that, that diagnosis that I got, I mean, the doctor was a huge dickhead in terms of how he broke it he, to you, how he broke it to me. He was, it was not zero bedside manner. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you should consider, uh, learning Braille. You should consider adopting because your condition's genetic and you're going to pass learning Braille. Why Braille? Well, that's pretty crazy that he said, consider adopting. Well, that's the other thing. What what right does he have to tell me like yeah. whether I can have kids or not have kids? Yeah. Like this guy was just like that's extreme. Oh yeah, and I'm I'm 21. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing that I always think He's about. Big. You're sorry. You're you're 21. So it breaking that news in its in itself, like a uh, just just as that piece of of, of information is hard enough mm-hmm. to handle. So why start putting all of these worries about something that might only be a consideration of yours in the more distant future rather than just letting you cope with the immediate mm. situation of being called legally blind. Yeah, right. No, exactly. And uh, I, I didn't take it very well. And I went through, you know, major depression. I was major anxiety issues afterwards. And mm-hmm. How long did that last? Those are the lost years. Uh from I lost my license at 21 and, you know, was fighting for two, three, four years to try and get my license back to, you know, to, to be quote unquote normal again sort mm-hmm. of thing. And, uh, did you, did you ever, were you successful in that? Or? I was able to get my license when I went to Alberta and then, you know, I, I, I felt I still could drive, mm-hmm. but after six years, I just, I just gave up and, uh, you know, I get, gave up because 
Did you well, come to? Did you have any realization where you were like, I shouldn't be driving? Or yeah, it was eventually that. You know, I started to be like, what if I hit somebody or hurt somebody? And it's yeah. just like I just, you know, it, it was difficult for me to accept. Right. You know, and I and I fought it, and I, you know, I mean, it's a huge like I I. I I use my car a lot. like I, I live in like a downtown area and I walk and bike a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I mean, it, in Halifax, the outdoors and like really great hiking and stuff is very, very close. Like you can go 15 minutes outside of downtown and you're in, you know, incredible hiking spots. So a car is a really great way to, to access to that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if you're somebody who walks around and, and, and doesn't have a car, Hearing that you don't, that someone lost their license is probably to you going, you're probably like, oh, whatever, big deal. Like, I, I never use a car. I, I, I transit or I bike, whatever. But if you have a car, if you own a car, think about all the shit that you got to do tomorrow. Yeah. And now take your car to the equation. Because now it's probably going to take you two days to get all that shit done. Because now you got to think about how you're going to get around, what your route's going to be. Are you going to bike? Are you going to walk? Are you going to transit? Are you going to taxi? It's got extra costs, My life whatever. Drastically slowed down. Yeah. And I, and I, that was difficult to accept. Where, yeah. where were you living at that time? <clears throat> uh, Toronto in the, actually in Etobicoke, which is a suburb of yeah. Toronto. So yeah. it's like, See, you and that's, drive, that's you a huge to, difference. <laughs> like, right. So like if you lived in downtown Toronto, well, you can, you can definitely get away with not having a car for the most part. Yeah, like yeah. it's, it's the transit is just like. You know, well, I was going to say top of the line. I'm sure there's some people that would argue that. But, like, it is really fucking good transit. Like, you know, compared to Halifax or any kind of suburb, yeah, Etobicoke, Scarborough, transit. like, whatever. It's it's a different story. Like, there's, you know, when you don't have access to, like, bus, streetcar, and subway routes, plus, like, you know, plus Bixie, plus Uber. Like, the, all those things together, it's like, ah, it makes your life pretty goddamn easy. But put yourself into a smaller town or a smaller city in, in Canada where where the transit is, is like, you're just relying on bus routes and the bus is never on time. Yeah. And there's a bunch of, like, to to just take your ability to drive away Dude, I couldn't imagine. Like that would be. It's huge. I feel like, the, and I feel like it's. There's a lot of people that probably take that for granted. I know yeah. I take it for granted. Oh, I do all for the sure. Time until, like, hey, just just on on Wednesday, I had all these plans uh, to go and and uh, <coughs> and I had a bunch of shit to do in the morning. And then Wednesday morning is the only day where Kyla, my girlfriend, takes she takes the car in the morning. I walk to work or bike whatever, and she goes to uh, to, to another spot. And she takes the car, and I had all these plans, and then literally went. Oh, Kyla, oh, car. Kyla has to take right. the car and then everything changes. You know, you, you just have to restructure the way you're going to plan your shit. Sick Boy Podcast. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. Think of your favorite one hit wonder or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have or that TV show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon. Now, what if we could fix it? I'm Francesca Ramsey. And I'm Delon Grant. And after 20 years of friendship, we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called Let Me Fix It. Each episode, we'll dig into our favorite celebrities, shows, and brands of yesteryear, and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today. Think of our show as an intervention, but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Victor, you're. I know that you're. You are known as the uh, the blind biohacker. So, yeah. <clears throat> what the fuck is biohacking? I want to talk about that shit. That sounds cool. Well, basically, 
biohacking is taking your health, your biology into your own hands. Okay. You know, and uh, really learning the depths of what your body needs to to really get well. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, a lot of people are talking now online, uh, sharing information on how we can improve our health. You know, doctors want to give out Band-Aid solution, prescribe pharmaceutical drugs. And, I mean, I took that. I ran that course. I was on antidepressants, anti-anxiety meds. You know, nothing worked. And, you know, there's no cure for my vision condition in in Western medicine. Mm -hmm. So, you know, nothing worked for me. And and I I just wasn't feeling well. Like, Mm -hmm. I had... I have CF as well, chronic fatigue. Mm-hmm. Not uh, I was like, no, whoa, I, you have CF. I was like, whoa, shit, <laughs> what? The other, the other CF. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, all, like, all, all these things, and nobody could explain why. Mm. So, you know, then just listen. I listen to a lot of podcasts myself, and then there's my first kind of like glimpse into biohacking was uh, Dave Asprey, the, the bulletproof executive guy. He's the guy that got everyone to start putting butter in their coffee. Yeah, right. Bulletproof coffee. Right. So, uh, and I was already into kind of like holistic vision care and um, just, you know, I wanted to kind of like step up and really find out what the fuck's kind of going on and what, what, uh, what what's I an example do. of like some holistic vision care that you, you would do? Like what are some of these, these biohacking techniques that you sort of uh, started picking up over the years? Well, first of all, light. Light is super important for us. So there's good light and there's bad light. Bad light, I believe, is what gave me cataracts. And bad light comes from junk lighting like fluorescent lights, the blue light on your computer screen. And that's why I have those orange glasses to block a lot of the blue light. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And then there's exposing your, your body to, to good light. So how bad, how bad is, is like blue light, like fluorescent light because, and, and I know it's kind of hard to say because we haven't, our generation is really the first generation to be exposed to like screens for our, basically our entire lives. Um, I remember the first time I looked at a computer screen, I was like five years old. Right. So it's probably hard to say the impact that that would have uh, on our entire lives as we're exposed to that because we haven't gone through that entire timeline yet. But fluorescent lighting has been in like factories, schools for schools, Dude, school growing up. That's um, all the lighting we had. So like our, our parents would have been exposed to yeah. that lighting for their entire lives. And not everybody develops cataracts when they're of old age. So how, how bad is it and to what, what kind of degree is the impact that that type of lighting is having on our eyes? Well, blue light overexposure can cause cataracts. It depends how healthy your system is to begin with. Mm-hmm. So, for example, my eyes, in a way, are, have almost like hyper-aged right. in a sense. So I'm like the canary in the coal mine kind of thing. So basically cataracts, if your eyes are being blue lit overexposed, the eye actually wants to protect itself. So mm. what is it going to do? It puts it builds this 
lens, this this fog to, right. to protect. Right, right. Which is what a cataract is. Yeah, right. Well, so okay, cool. Well, and like, so another thing is that, and I know, I feel like there's been some study that has gone into this, but like, um, the fact that fluorescent lighting essentially like, um, it makes you, it makes you dumber. Like it doesn't make you dumber, but it makes you dumber, dumber. (laughs) It may, it, it like it, it, it affects the way that you process information. So it's like, you're slower to take information in. It's, it's actually, it's so crazy that we still light our, our public schools with fluorescent lighting because mm-hmm. it's like it totally goes against learning. You, you know, I look- guess it is saving money. Yeah, sure. But but still, yeah, it's, it's a it's, money saver. It is a money saver, but it's also just making you it's making you tired. It's making you it, harder for you to focus like well, it'd, be, it'd be very cool. And you would you would uh, love the I think you'd really enjoy the uh, the chat, um, the talk that one of the talks that happened at TEDx yesterday. Um, by a guy named Jimmy. What was Jimmy's Jimmy name? Jimmy Chu. Jimmy Chu. Uh, Nano Nano Leaf. Leaf. He started a company yeah. called Nano Leaf, and he's basically they're a team of engineers that they said they said like, why are we still making light bulbs the same way that we made light bulbs in when we started making them? Like Thomas Edison. The, 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 the reason yeah. that light bulbs were made that way was for a spe- very specific reasons, and those reasons with the way we do lighting now with LED lighting, those reasons don't exist now. So why do we? But why do we continue to put them in glass, and why do they continue to look this way and have the same shape and so he, they've completely, they offer like really cool lighting products. Mm. Um, yeah, they're super cool. They're very, very cool. And, yeah. and, and he's meaning them and he makes them to, to mimic the way that we're supposed to take in light from the sun. Yeah. Um, full which spectrum. is very cool. Mm-hmm. See when, when the light source is not full spectrum. So full spectrum means all the colors of the rainbow. Everything that we can see. Right. The Roy so G. once you, it's like that prism, right? When they, when you put, put the prism in front of the 100%. light. The, the, the rainbow of colors comes out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Roy G. Biv. So when you look at certain colors do certain things too. So there's the work of uh, Dr. John Ott, who actually used to work for Disney. He was, he's the grandfather of time-lapse photography. He wanted to uh, shine all these lights to make flowers bloom at certain time from, from, you know, from seed to, to bloom. Mm-hmm. So as, a, as the light cycle works you know, during spring to to fall there's different color spectrums that kind of like come into play to turn on these things in the plant Mm. we have the same stuff inside us Mm -hmm. so if you're overexposed to just one so for example fluorescent light is just high depending on the color is high in the blue but without the energy that it's trying to save it takes away the red and infrared Mm. so we need that the body needs that to be like, oh, okay, I'm looking at this natural light source. So mm-hmm. once you kind of take it out, it actually works like a bit of a death laser. So too high in the blue can just throw your system off. Yeah, which is why things like uh, like iPhones now are incorporating. <clears throat> yeah, the night, removing, night shift. That's right, removing the blues out of the screen after a certain Working time at night, night so that you... <coughs> It doesn't throw your your sort of like biological clock so, off, and and you start thinking, oh, it's still middle of the day when it's actually like eleven p.m. and you're looking at that the blue thing. light. If you if you're looking at your phone first thing in the morning when it's blue, mm. the only time that the sky is that blue with, with the you know the the color temperature is noon, middle of the day, noon yeah. at the equator. So when you're looking at your phone mm. first thing in the morning, you're telling your eye clock that it's noon at the equator. 
Mm-hmm. So you need you always need to mimic what's going on in the sky around you, mm-hmm. even That's at night. So interesting. And I yeah. mean, there must be. I mean, the links between. You know, seasonal depression. You in in yeah. in uh, the winter when people just generally tend to feel, you know, at a, at, they just tend to feel kind of blasé and 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 whatever. And and up north when the uh, in the winter when you barely see the sun at mm-hmm. all, mm-hmm. Well, or that, when you see the sun all the time. That is because uh, you know there's there's UVA spectrum which tans your skin, and then there's UVB. Mm-hmm. UVB is responsible for the body to sulfate vitamin D to make vitamin D. Mm-hmm. So at, at our latitude, from end of, end of September to April, that UVB part of the spectrum does not exist here. So, well, so uh, we're, when, not, we're not producing. So it's not that, okay, so vitamin D isn't, you're not, vitamin D doesn't come from the sun. The sun allows us to produce or, yes, or, or triggers liver. us to, to yes. Produce up vitamin D. Yeah. So then, should we be taking a, a supplement Ab- or doing something to? We should all be taking vitamin D. My old roommate I, like, used to come up every day in the in the winter, and she used to just come up and she 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 doesn't she didn't she doesn't mind experimenting with drugs. So like, she would come up and just put a pill in front of me and be like, and kind of smile and walk away, and I'd be like, um, I'm pretty sure that's vitamin D. I know D. exactly who you're talking about, and <laughs> that, sure that is exactly D, but, uh, how she would do that too. But I'm not sure. Uh, and, I'll just take it. Uh, <laughs> also, to this uh, lovely lady, congratulations on your recent wedding. We love you. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but I think we should all be. I think everybody should be taking vitamin D. I think it's one of those things that we that you know. Well, no, vitamins, you vitamin just D, check like, your check your levels. I yeah, mean, I guess if you're like if you're ODing on vitamin D already, it's very, it's very difficult to yeah. overdose with vitamin D. Yeah. Everyone I would say is vitamin D deficient <laughs> and uh, vitamin D is actually not a vitamin, it's a hormone and it's responsible for a lot of processes in in our system and um, a lot of people are vitamin D. It's best to get it from light, but mm. I I'm now taking 7 to 10,000 IUs of vitamin D a day. Yeah, mixed I take with it, uh, I take it daily as well. Yeah. And it's it's something that I notice, I like significantly notice that Huge. when really? I'm not taking it, like Huge. if I forgot to take it for a week and then I go back to taking it, it's like, it's a, it's kind of, it reminds me of like when I started to focus, really focus on my gut health and really started trying to take in a lot more probiotics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's a, I noticed this like massive difference in just my overall uh, my overall like mood and like how I'm carrying myself throughout the world and my energy levels. You're going to say mixed with what Victor? Oh, uh, it's when you take vitamin D, it's good to have it mixed with, uh, cause it's fat soluble. So the one I take is mixed with the olive oil, like organic olive oil. So yeah, you need to have fat to process it. I usually, I take a fatty meal when you, so just taking the pill straight up isn't really doing anything. Not quite like take the pill with a good meal right you know like a good fatty meal i usually like a like a a raw thing of of butter just one full stick of butter will do it okay and the thing is with this whole biohacking people want to check biomarkers so there's certain labs that doctors now aren't going to necessarily tell you to do but you know if you really want to explore get get these labs done i mean i can suggest a bunch of labs that we can all do to kind of see like they'll where test your at. levels with everything and then you can you can kind of right find just out so like you can you know need. where you're at i mean i'd got my vitamin d levels tested in august and i was actually i was still low and i wasn't actually taking vitamin d because i was I actually bought this vitamin d lamp light mm-hmm. to try and dude that's super enough. interesting and i, I used to uh, i don't want to we could we could end up accidentally plugging a whole fuckload of products but uh 
There's yeah. a there's a supplement that I used to take, Vega. Soylent. Uh, <laughs> I'm super interested in Soylent. There's a so we're we're currently at the uh, E1 head offices here in Toronto. Uh, that's where we're recording while we're in the city. And uh, there's a fridge right next to us. And and I was like, we should get a case of beer and and stock it in here while we're here. And I open the fridge and there's a bottle of Soylent in there. Well, tell it me about it. I don't. I really don't know anything about it. Uh, a little tangent. We're getting a little off, but I, don't I will. Know about it. Soylent. Do you know what Soylent is? Yeah, I, mean, I saw that Victor? vice. I saw the vice talk yeah. on yeah, it. Yeah. So we're, it's on topic. We're talking about yeah. how to how to, bi- how to bio-hack. biohack your body. This, I guess, this is kind of biohacking. So the idea of Soylent is um, it is a company that has come up with this drink, and their whole thing is it, they're basically going, guys, you don't need to eat anymore. Food is not like necessary. All you need is soylent. You can live off this drink. Live well. Well, that's what they're saying. There's like that's their whole thing. Is like, like you, optimum, optimum living, solely based on soylent. Now, I don't believe it. I I call bullshit. I think that I don't believe it either. I don't there, think there's that so that's many a other thing. things that 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 come into play. You know, that's our whole fuckload of things it, that come into play. Like that's if crazy. Food, if if food was was it, there wouldn't be any more diet books. Yeah. It honestly. Light is more important than food. I mean, what grows food? Yeah, light. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. light, water. Your body's two thirds water. Water is so important. Yeah. Tap water is dead water. I I I don't drink it. I stop drinking it. And once you kind of look into the the science of how important the water you're consuming is, I do for, love, for your body battery. I do love the taste of good tap water, though. Well, tell why, us about, why, yeah. yeah. Tell us about the tap water. I've never. I've I've, I've, I've well, always drank tap water. Well, uh, the, the, you know. They fluoridate the tap water. Fluoride is a dielectric blocker, which basically means it, it kills the, the your, your cells are 99% water. So the water you want to be drinking, it should be like, you know, quote unquote, medicinal water. Right. So it's there's, not there's, trying to make everybody gay. <laughs> the water. The water. <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. Thanks, Alex Jones. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just making sure. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of science. There's a Gerald Pollack's work, uh, fourth phase of water. Um, it's negatively charged. We want to be drinking negatively charged, easy water, exclusion about, zone water. What about well water? That is, that's good. That's charged. It's negatively charged. It's spring water. What do you, I, mean, ideally, by that? What do you mean by that? Negatively, positively charged? Uh, you ever hear of like the whole alkaline versus yep. acidic? So it, when something is alkaline, it has a negative charge, which is, which is good. Okay. So anything acidic is the opposite. Like so a lemon? Lemon actually... Uh, Alkalizes the water, even oh. even despite it's it's uh, an acid. Lemon, oh, okay, okay. I don't know, but this is how, how, how it works. Right, sure. So, you want to be drinking negatively charged water all the time, right? To because your your body's a battery that runs with light, water, and magnetism. Actually, so again, this kind of touches upon the electromagnetic fields, harmful electromagnetic fields, and I mean all this stuff can be. You know, Ooh. measured with with. So I wonder how how charged Soylent is, I if it's negatively or positively charged. I don't want to talk the, about the, the, the whole reason that Soylent thing came up is because there's a bottle in the fridge right yeah. next to us, and I'm, shots. I'm and you really, really, dying and you really to, want it. I'm dying to taste it. If, so if somebody if somebody if somebody was like, oh, I want to, I if somebody if somebody was listening and going, oh, I, well, oh yeah, well, I want to be drinking negatively charged water, and 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 yeah. they want to get into that. Would that be as simple as getting like pH? Uh, those like there's ways pH to test. There's, there's devices to test water. Like yeah. the same so the same way that you do that shit with like your pool. Like a pool or I do a lot of water tests in real estate. Oh, you do? Do you have some sticks that we could? Uh, you take little bottles and deliver them to the lab. You have to deliver you them. Yeah, deliver lab? that shit to yeah. a lab. Yep. 
Don't they just have dipsticks oh, fuck, that dude, like turn yeah. a certain color? No, uh, like, you can buy, you can get test kits, but they're they're the, shoddy. They they won't give you as detailed uh, information that a lab test will do, and a lab right. test takes like three days to get back. And um, it, it's mildly, I mean, it's probably about seventy five dollars for a basic test, uh, and it, but it's definitely worth it. Like you get a full report of. All of the Everything minerals in the water, water the, the charges, uh, you get like everything. Water, the water is more important than food. Water's yeah. huge. And again, nobody seems to be talking about Dude, it. Dude, I didn't eat, I didn't eat for 13 days straight at the beginning of this month. And I was just living on fluids. Light. Light. Well, there wasn't much light in my hospital room. <laughs> I was living in the hospital. I was real sick and uh, I couldn't eat for almost two weeks. And here you are. Wow. And here, I, look at me right now. So, I'm fucking here right now. I'm feeling, I look great. Victor, I want to I want to I want to continue on talking about biohacking, but bef- before that too, I want I'm I'm curious about this whole period of after you found out that you were blind and you kind of had this experience with with depression. I'm interested to know how you went from um trying to deal emotionally with what was going on and then that that pivot point to want to be more proactive and actually research the biohacking. Or, or get into biohacking your body. Um, because I know that oftentimes for people who deal with, for people who deal with extreme depression and anxiety and, and different mental illness issues, it's, it's almost impossible to get out of the bed, mm-hmm. um, let alone try to like biohack your body. So what was that kind of shift for you? Well, it was a, it was a big shift. It took a while to sort of, realized that taking antidepressants, taking anti-anxiety meds was just covering it up. I mean, I had my fair share of talking with therapists and I could talk my ass off till I was blue in the face, but mm-hmm. I, I felt like that issue was still stuck. Mm-hmm. And all this trauma, PTSD, whatever you want to call it, was, was not being processed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's... And I was... I consciously understood that there was something going on, but I didn't feel I had access to it. So a lot of that stuff that's going on is in our unconscious or subconscious mind. So I, I, I wanted to gain access to that. How do you, how do you feel? Like, how do you feel right now? Do you feel currently in your life that you, yeah, I'm, you I'm, not, I'm not on antidepressants. I, I feel, I feel great. My, so, so you know. what was it that, that kind of worked for you then? Uh, to be honest with you, is when I started working with psychedelic medicines. Okay, that was a, it. Was a yes. huge, It was a huge yeah. catalyst that Let's get uh, into this. That it changed my life. Basically, it, it it gives us access to our our unconscious mind. Mm-hmm. You know, I, don't, I know I, don't, I know that there's a lot of people who are listening right now going, "Hell yeah, man!" And then there's also a lot of people listening right now that are going, oh, "Son of a bitch!" They're gonna start. They're gonna start. Promoting drug use. <laughs> and you know what? Yeah, I, dude, fuck that noise. Yeah, actually, fuck that noise. Because yeah. I'm, I'm telling you right now, the, the amount of, the amount, it's really unfortunate that there are some drugs that are classified in a way that they were classified, you know, years ago because, because certain organizations just did not want people fucking ac- having access to it. And they, like, for example, Dude, marijuana. we got, we got marijuana on like, um, when we talked about mushrooms and shit. And yeah. It's like, yo. If you honestly, if you're getting in, if you if you think that taking mushrooms is is bad, 
like you're bad if you do it, then you guess what? You probably never done it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, the, 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 the amount, of, but the, this is the thing, the amount of like firsthand, um, uh, experience that people have like reported the amount of the amount of research that's going into things like even things like usage of MDMA for for um, you know treating PTSD, dep- PTSD oh, yeah. or depression uh, uh, you know the use of LSD for for those types of like for treating anxiety um, dude like I mean we haven't even scratched the surface when it comes to things like DMT or Bufo or Iboga like those kinds of things have these for anyone that you've ever talked to who's done it. And you know what? Anyone you've ever talked to who has done it, the, it's, it, you're not talking to like junkies who are fucking addicted to smack. You're talking to people who go, yeah, I want to I I have this one time, two time, maybe three time experience where I try to like Look at life alter and shift lens. my life by seeing, by, by like changing my worldview for a moment. And the people that I've, that I know in my life who have, who have experimented with things like DMT or ayahuasca or Bufo or like all that stuff, they are some of the most educated, like enlightened, beautiful humans I've ever known in my life. So I, I think that you're totally right in saying all of this. And I have my own opinions for sure on this too. Um, that definitely would probably coincide with what you're talking about, Jared. But let's let's hear about. Um, I really want to hear about Victor's experience with it, and then I want to kind of weigh in on how I feel about it too, mm. because I I think that it's really interesting to to go from a place where you're <laughs> like, no, these antidepressants and other pharmaceutical drugs didn't work, but then these psychedelics have have kind of been able to help me shift my perspective and feel a little bit better about what's right. going on. So uh, so how did you get introduced to So to basically I was doing a lot of research on you know again the brain how I'm feeling whatever and I suffered from attention deficit disorder and I started to you know research online and I I saw this little video of Dr. Gabor Mate. I don't know if you know who he is. He's Sounds like familiar. A, oh, was he on the spirit molecule? I believe. I believe so. I think he was. He was interview. I think so. He was one of the interviewees. But he's a. He's a. <clears throat> he's an MD and from Vancouver who uh, has been using plant medicines to to help uh, people gain access to again unconscious trauma. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is going to be. I, I see where this is going. Cannabis as a gateway drug <laughs> to other hardcore psychedelics, yeah. right? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty yes. much. Yeah. <laughs> it's a slippery slope. Uh, uh, so uh, Keep going. So, yeah, he was on. He so may or may he not wrote a book about uh, attention deficit disorder or the true origins of attention deficit disorder. The book is called Scattered Minds. So basically attributing ADD to uh, trauma. So... Early childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. So basically, um, you're 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 kind of programmed by your parents uh, through the zero to seven age group. That's that's basically forms your your unconscious mind. Mm-hmm. So once we pass seven, that kind of closes down, and we're, we become our conscious mind. So if you were kind of programmed, you know, with parents, or if you had trauma, you know, ultimately, ADD is like an avoidance of, of yourself because mm. you're just 
always looking for another distraction. I mean, mm. there's other things involved in it right. with, you know, phones and there's t- too much going on right now. But, but it has to do with this unconscious shut off, uh, unconscious mind. Like that, so, you, like that you like that it's harder to alter right. your, your unconscious mind past that age. Right. So at the same time, I was doing this research. The the CBC did this. Uh, documentaries called the uh, the Jungle Prescription, where they followed Dr. Gabor Mate, and he went to the to the jungles, and they were working with ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, you know, I was going through a fucking pretty bad time, mm-hmm. like with my mental health issues, just super depressed, you know, suicidal, and uh, and nothing was working. So like, I needed that like defibrillator like wake up call yeah. that, that, that I felt was all this stuff just stuck that I didn't have access to. Mm-hmm. So I just kept hearing more and more about this plant medicine that's been used for thousands and thousands of years. And, and then I, uh, I ended up, uh, going to Peru to try it. And, uh, I kind of had a weird experience with this fake shaman and there was right. a whole other there's story a, yeah there's a lot of that down there. yeah and that, i actually yeah. had a pretty horrific time and this this shaman was he's not a shaman he, he was just he was a fraud he was a fraud and uh so i went i had this pretty horrific time because he was abusive he was drunk when we got there and anyway so long story short i ended up uh gabor mate did a talk in toronto and I ended up meeting him and said hey you know you've changed my life with your views on attention deficit disorder and, and ayahuasca and like you know where can I, like, I want a legitimate place I can try this. So anyway, he invited me to uh, the ceremonies that he was doing, and, and this was in 2013. And then since then, I kind of went down that, that psychedelic path, and it's, uh, it's a lot of work mm-hmm. because all this, you know, you start talking about, you know, your, our, our shadow self and that we're often not looking at and uh, it really brings that to the forefront and you it's really a lot get, of internal work like you're like you're exploring you 100 percent. and mm-hmm. the depths of you is once you start looking at it it's it's pretty big mm-hmm. it's pretty it is pretty mind-blowing like i've so again i know quite a few people who have done uh that exactly mm-hmm. and and similar situations with like um guided trips with again bufo and and iboga or ibogaine um but every person who i've known who's done it even like colin you know like Mm -hmm. seeing them afterwards there is this like noticeable shift and it's and i haven't seen that shift not be something that is like um quality of just like pure love you know it's like they they it's i I don't even i don't fucking know what it is man it's like i Mm -hmm. they're they find themselves in this way that you cannot put to words and it's just i don't know yeah you put on you put on a pair of goggles for a while that that let you metaphorical goggles uh that that allow you to see that's actually part of the ceremony you You put put these goggles goggles on on. on. (laughs) Um, that allow you to see (laughs) the world in a different way and allow you to to look at yourself through through a different lens and uh and i think provide like a really good framework for for introspective uh and reflective work yeah but it's not just this like i know that that's what mushrooms have provided for me and i know that psychedelics have a psych like different psychedelics are obviously different experiences but i think that would you say? Would you say, Victor, that there's a, you know, a, a the common thread through psychedelics is is their 
their kind of capacity to uh, to allow your like intellect to kind of work in a different way or they really give you access to your to your true self your higher Ooh. self which is often bogged <laughs> down by your your ego mm-hmm. because there's yeah. a lot of ego disillusion totally in those experiences and all of those psychedelic medicines have, have helped me in, in different ways like mm-hmm. they take you to a, a, a similar place but they've each taught me Something different. Something completely different. Like yeah. I've worked with psilocybin. I've worked with ayahuasca. I've worked with MDMA. Yeah. Uh, and they've all had a huge impact yeah. on, on giving me access to, to seeing these parts of myself, which I'm like, oh, wow, holy shit. Yeah. So when, and, you, uh, when yeah. you say that you worked with them, do you mean that like, like you bought mushrooms from a friend or you got an MDMA from a friend, or are you getting these in like more of a controlled environment and and testing them more Set, scientifically? Or well, I would with uh, okay, set and setting is a huge super part. super 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 important. It's probably yeah. more important than than the the medicine itself, yeah. right. because you're not gonna just you know, do mushrooms at a, at a party. And because again, there's so many other distractions, Mm -hmm. you you kind of need to have this sanctioned sacred space to do these medicines. Some I've done, you know, mushrooms at my cottage and had like epic software updates. Like, you know, I can totally relate. Great way to put that. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and others I've, you know, ayahuasca is always done in, in ceremony setting with, Mm -hmm. with a shaman and, you know, there's integration. Integration is actually, the huge part of, of the psychedelic work. So afterwards, like what came up for you and, yeah. you know, and, uh, with, with MDMA, you know, there's, there's people doing clinical trials through maps. Maps is the multidisciplinary association for psychedelic studies. So they've been around for 30 years that are trying to actually do, they're on the forefront of, of trying to get MDMA therapy legalized. Yeah. Right. So I've heard a lot about that. I've been working with some people who kind of work on the DL with it. So I've, I've, you know, I've been, uh, lucky in, in that sense to, mm-hmm. to, uh, to work with those. And, uh, it's, it's changed my life. It's taught me a lot about my, my vision itself, that my vision condition actually might be, uh, related to an ancestral post-traumatic stress because once while I was on the medicine, I actually had a, a visual opening. Mm-hmm. So, Whoa. Like what? What's going on there? Like you're like yeah, like a, oh yeah. like a, a literal visual yeah, yeah, opening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa. So, you know, like what's going on? Mm-hmm. So, it's there's something to be said about it, and yeah. and to to brush it off uh, without having like done any research into it, or to brush it off without having any experience with it at all. Well, people lump it into. Drugs, they look at it, yeah, unquote. yeah, they or like party use or whatever. Yeah, but then and they should they should lump pharmaceutical drugs into that use too, because because drugs are drugs. All drugs are, are drugs. They all are drugs. They, anything drugs that alters your state of mind in any shape, way, yeah. shape, or form. So Our coffee is a drug. You know? So yeah. so and that's and that's kind of where I'm at with all of this. Is is I don't think that you can you can be okay with one thing and not be considered that the other one might have a beneficial effect yeah. too. And 
I agree that it's it's all about the mindset that you take into it, the the setting that it's used in, the purpose and an idea that is put behind it, and I think that that can have a lot of mm-hmm. impact. Um, I think to kind of to kind of wrap this wrap this all up, uh, I kind of I, I guess I'm wondering what was it that you learned through through your neuroplastic adventure and and the filming of the movie and the research and study into all of these different um areas of of biohacking basically ultimately we truly have the power to to change ourselves and and to get well to really mm-hmm. get well on on so many fronts you know and uh we're often taught from a doctor that you have to go through the doctor to get well but the doctor's not going to heal you you're going to heal yourself mm-hmm. and mm. once you kind of see the spectrum of what you kind of have to put yourself in this environment to get well it it's it takes this you really have to to change the way you see things to to be like oh my god i actually have the power and mm. you know neuroplasticity is 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 is, is the real deal. I mean, Norman Deutsch wrote the book, The Brain That Changes Itself, which was a huge book for me to realize that I was, you know, diagnosed with learning disabilities. I, I was, you know, I was in school. I was, you know, awful, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I just felt like I didn't understand anything. And then, you know, through these kind of brain exercises, I went to this Aerosmith school for two years and uh, changed. Learned how to rock and roll. Learned how to, <laughs> learn how to, yeah. <laughs> not, not Aerosmith. Uh, like oh, 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 my bad. School of rock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So basically like reprogramming my brain on, on how to learn properly. So right. again, there, there's so many aspects right. of the brain's ability to change and we see with our brains, not with our eyes. Mm. So yeah, true. We, yeah. we are, we have that capability to, to remap how we see. Mm-hmm. So, Fuck, cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, Victor. Thank you so much for coming in and shooting the shit with us. This is uh, this cool been really cool. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. And if uh, you know, if you want to follow the film, you can just follow me on my Instagram account, Blind Biohacker, and you know there'll be more information about mm-hmm. screenings and where to, where to catch it. And uh, I'm already working on a idea for a second film that's more related to biohacking and. Quantum biology is kind of like a, a sequel to to this film, and Sweet. I just want to empower people that that they can heal, they can really, really heal mm. if given in the right environment. And it's usually addressing our inner world, like the you know the emotional work and the outer world, which is what our you know our spacesuit needs. Mm-hmm. You know, from mm-hmm. lighting environment, water, and mitigating you know you know magnetism, mm-hmm. good magnetism versus all this non-native EMF that we're overexposed with. So, yeah, cool. And there's a lot of info. So well, I want to thank you for having me on the show. And yeah. I really appreciate what you, what you guys are doing. So thank you. Thanks, Victor. Thank you. And thank you all so much for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next week with a, another fascinating, splendid, stupendous episode, as always. But in the meantime, head on over to iTunes, uh, <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Give us a little subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Yo, we've been on number two in the comedy charts, uh, when, when this comes out, this might not be true, but in Canada for the last uh, 
two and a half weeks, mm-hmm. number two in the comedy charts, just underneath Joe Rogan. We actually did surpass him yeah, for a moment. We did. For uh, a moment. So, and that only happens because uh, of that you. subscribe button is being pressed by you guys. So, uh, to all of our new listeners, we love you all so much. To all of our old listeners, you know we love you. Yeah. Um, head on over to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, hit us up if you ever want to reach out to us. Go to our website. We've got a contact form. If you want to be on the show, future guest form on our website. And we have been killing it on Patreon lately. Patreon's doing real great. Thank you all for your support. uh, Again, we're here in Toronto. We're here because of you, lovely patrons. So if you'd like to support us, you can go over to patreon.com slash sickboy and become one of our lovely patrons. We do Google Hangouts. You get discounts on merch. We do exclusive uh, episodes, exclusive content. So uh, head on over and do that. And a big thanks to Take Part for the intro music and outro music for the show. Take part in this.bandcamp.com if you want to pick up some other sweet songs by them. Uh, Donovan Morgan, you're a beautiful human, and thanks for the amazing sound design on this podcast. And a big thanks to Antica. Uh, We are part of the Antica Podcast Network, as most of you guys know, and we're here in Toronto recording in their beautiful space. So big thanks to you guys at Antica for being so amazing. That is it for this week. Until next week, I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.